0: Welcome back to the Woman of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. It's Judy. It's Anna. We're really excited because we welcomed Jackie Cashian onto the podcast. Um, I had a fun time chatting with her about comedy and stand-up and her super love of all things Marvel. Um, and then I also had the opportunity to be on her podcast, The Dork Forest, which has been running for 10 years or so. Um, Such a great name. Right? It's yeah. like a perfect name. And she has, like, really adorable, like, logos and merch and all that stuff. And I talked about cosplay for 60 Minutes, which I could talk about cosplay for hours. I don't believe it. No way. No way, right? No. No You love cosplay? Cosplay! (laughs) But it was uh, quite great to have her on ours and then be able to go and do the thing that I love on hers. So let's welcome Jackie to the podcast. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about you, and you like Marvel. I do. Yeah, I know. You're wearing I'm your playing, Marvel red-black shirt today. I know,
1: and I'm, I'm playing Marvel Puzzle Quest in my own back pocket. Oh,
0: well then. Uh, at the yes. same time? at are you the same gonna, time. You
1: know, it's, uh, I would like some lucky hats and bats, because I've got Okoye, and I've got Doctor Strange, and then I had uh, Captain Marvel as a team, and that's not the way. Uh, you got to either use Okoye or Doctor Strange, because they both have like these passive powers. Pardon me while I just uh, nerd out for a second. <laughs> but the uh, the thing is, is a Koye is... You want the Doctor Strange bazorts, which are these drive-by zort, zort, zort. Every time somebody uses one of their powers, Doctor Strange, like, flies by and hits somebody for 2,000. But if you have a Koya, it doubles. If you collect team-up tiles, it, it exponentially improves, you know, whatever. Anyway, so I had to change it to Thor... Uh, Captain Marvel and um, Okoye, because uh, she has the most hit points, so she can take the most damage. Who doesn't want a meat shield? And Okoye, she's there. That's one of her one of her tasks. And so she's doing it anyway. So
0: um, we're just going to yes. dive into this world. Hi, so, I'm Jackie. So, Hi, Jackie. <laughs> welcome
1: to the Women of Marvel. Thank you. Uh I'm excited to be here quite honestly as you can tell. And so I'm surrounded by some of the things I enjoy the most. So um I never read com- I read comic books when I was a kid but only like Spider-Man team up when I was in junior high and then uh and then I probably it would be 2003 I started reading comic books cuz I essentially married a long box, and uh <laughs> and he was like we're going we're going to the comic book store and I was like oh comics And then we went in, and then he picked a bunch. He was reading almost all superhero and all Marvel. And I would weed off into kind of the indie stuff. And not – I love, you know, I love all the comic books, but I don't enjoy – yeah, there's no nice way to say this. I don't enjoy a sad sack uh, uh, comic book. I want there. I would like. There's plenty out there. I need some something uplifting. So I do love superhero comics, and so we read. The pull list is a little little crazy, and he collects them, which is not something I would have done. I would have read them and tossed them. And he was like, "What's happening? No, no, no. We we have to.
0: Yeah, to get the bag, bag and them.
1: board. You got a bag and board. He does. Them. He doesn't board. He back to back bags them." Oh. And because he has too many. Oh, yeah. in our home got a safe space is not enormous. So we must stack things. We must be wise. And uh, so but, and I actually I was like, we have to get rid of some comic books because we don't have any space. And I refused to pay for a, a storage unit to store comic books. And I was like, so the three criteria to keep a comic book, it's worth money, you're going to reread it. Some third intangible. Like it was the first Howard the Duck you ever got, and you're like, I may never read it, but remember when my uncle bought this for me? And I'm like, Yeah, fair enough. And he's gotten rid of almost a thousand. Wow. Which means that we have eleven thousand. But (laughs) that's amazing. (laughs) And every month we purchase thirty to fifty more. I mean,
0: yeah. For those at home who don't understand, like Marvel, just Marvel publishes anywhere from like sixty-five to ninety comics a month. Yes. So that's not our distinguished competition. That's not any of the indies. That's no. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's uh yeah it's all just them, and <laughs> that's amazing. And so yeah, so we have a fair number, but I do love it. Like I love the uh, Kamala Khan. Uh, Miss Marvel is outstanding. Uh, I'm liking, you know, uh, I, on my podcast I had I've had uh, Chelsea Kane because I have a podcast called The Dork Forest, and it's it can be anything. You know, some of my favorite episodes are not about comic books or video games or TV or movies. They're about bees. But the Dork Forest is is super fun. I've done Mark Wade and Ed Brubaker, Ooh, Brubaker. and um, he was my first live episode, and it was probably ten years ago. And so um, I didn't know, and I knew, and I'd, I'd read all of his Captain Americas, and I brought them for him to sign. I was like, you can just sign one, or you can sign them all. But I I only <laughs> brought like a giant long. I box. only brought two. I brought two. Okay, I was like, okay. but with Mark Wade, I was like, you could sign one, or you can sign all seven of the art. And he said, I will sign all seven of the arc," which was so nice of him.
0: Well, what is it about the Marvel characters that drew to you? I have like a list of your favorite characters but include Doctor Strange, but also the Night Nurse? Oh, the Night i Yes. Here's the
1: thing about the Night Nurse is she is literally this powerful woman in Marvel that I want her to have a book. I would write that book. Uh I would need help writing that book. I've written one comic book that's been published. Indie. So, um, but I, and I was so, and my editor was amazing. But she, she's this person who helps, right? Superheroes. And she's incredibly discreet, you know, so she knows people's secret identities and she uses her powers for good, but she uses, she doesn't take any guff. She's just, I, I loved her in the Daredevil TV show. And I, I want to see more. I would love to see more. Cause, and Doctor Strange, of course, uh, has the bazaars. He is constantly with the magic, and uh, <laughs> though I've been down a rabbit hole of, okay, the magic costs. No, I get it. Magic. Alright, when will magic not cost so much? Because I need you to do more magic. But uh, peop- there was that great arc about um, he met the, the graduate student, and oh, yeah, then... Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I those are some of my favorite characters, but across the board what i like about marvel characters is that they're all humanly flawed right i mean even the supervillains are like no no i would like more money and i don't want to work for it but i want to work for it way too hard by being a supervillain and in other comic books other supervillains they're always crazy you're like well yes some people are nuts but really some people are just dumb there's dumb or, or they're just you know they don't want to they're they're just I want all the power of the way – like the reasoning seems more realistic to me. It just seems like greed and just more basic human things than this weird madness created by a mist, which – is a valid. It's a valid <laughs> plot point. I'm not saying that I don't well, enjoy
0: it. A lot of our villains are like you think about the Sandman, and the Sandman is is stealing money because he he has to, he's trying to save his child because his, right? his child is sick. Like there are like these underlining. I mean, even though the Green Goblin is a little strange, he's he thinks what he's doing is right. Yes, Thanos too. He always thought what he's doing was right.
1: Right, and and Killmonger, I mean, you're just like not entirely wrong. I'm going about it poorly poorly yeah and uh so but the like i was thinking about the hulk and whenever i meet uh whenever i meet a dude who's into the hulk i'm always like oh i see i see you're always angry (laughs) and uh you're always trying to keep it together and uh every single dude is like yeah and because i haven't read enough hulk right i read the the prison arc there's someone's i there there's some there's some characters i don't read that i sometimes think that i want to go back i mean there's there's so many characters. That's what I, that's what I love about the Marvel Puzzle Quest is how deep into the long boxes they go, or you'll watch a movie like Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I'm sitting next to my husband who makes video games for a living, and all of his friends he's had for thirty years, like they've been playing D and D, you know, since they were thirteen. They've all swallowed the books, and. Um, so I'm sitting next to a row of people that can give me like the history of, I mean, it's, it's kind of great. And none of them are condescending and none, they're just psyched. You know, like the best kind of fans were like, no, no, please let me tell you more of the thing that I know and not be sad that I don't know. Yeah. They're like, you should know. Why wouldn't you want to know? And I was like, I do want to know. And well, so like I didn't know who the vulture was. Oh, yes. And Michael Keaton's portrayal of the vulture is amazing. He fixed it. So the good. vulture was lame. Uh, he actually made him, like, smart and resourceful, and a, there was a point and purpose to it. Whoever wrote that character did an amazing job. I loved the home, homecomings. One of my favorite Spider-Mans, well, also I Also, that
0: scene in the kitchen. I was like, oh, my God, this is some power. Oh. By, like, not saying anything, like, that's good filmmaking. That was...
1: Right. There's real filmmaking going on with all of these movies, which I genuinely enjoy. You know, I mean, Black Panther, of course. Right. I mean, that is the the diamond on the on the crown. But the the Spider-Verse was wonderful and it set it up for more family stuff, which is what I want out of Miles Morales. And I read that Spider-Verse crossover one. And um, I freaking love Dan's law.
0: Oh, my God, Dan. Have you ever met Dan? I have not met him. You Dan. should get Dan on your podcast. I would he love would, to he lives in New York. Uh, he? He's uh, he's currently writing Fantastic Four.
1: He really I've never read Fantastic Four. My favorite line in the current Fantastic Four is, "We're not a superhero team. We're a family," and I was like,
0: "That's what I wanted." Who knew I wanted that? Yeah. What I say is really great about sort of the pop culture spectrum of us, like of you. You talk about Marvel's Puzzle Quest, like we talk about the films. Comics are hard; like they're not an easy thing to get into. I mean, obviously, it helps for you to like marry into a, a long box, but right.
1: like you get a native Sherpa, it helps.
0: Yeah. But it's, people there are characters for, like, every type of person because, you know, mm-hmm. thinking about – because obviously there's comics that aren't superhero comics, right? And we do make some that aren't, like, super into the superhero world. um You know, you think about – there are some comics that, like, whenever I'm on panels and stuff, people talk about that I – from my distinguished competition that I recommend. that Sure. Are, um, but – And indie stuff. Yeah, indie stuff is great. And also indie stuff really allows for young people – young creators, not just young, but anyone who wants to make comics to make comics. It really, like – Opens the door, and like that's also how you like break into Marvel or break into like the break. Get guys. the attention,
1: yeah. Get the attention of of the big guys is is to create a, characters and, and and you can create such amazing worlds. And that what I loved initially about comic books in general was that it can, they can be about anything, which is like stand up comedy, and it's like um, it's they're for everybody and by everybody, you know. Especially the indie stuff, and then. Where you can just – everybody can write something. Everyone – and webcomics create this, opens it up too, you know, where, and podcasts and, and everything makes everything more available to people who haven't been able to do stuff before. And so um, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of a golden age of, of getting to do stuff.
0: Well, and what I think is also great is that it, throughout the the history of comics, same thing with comedy, is it connects to what's happening in the moment, right? And it, it's an escape, but it's also like, how does the world that we exist in reflect in our writing and our art? And it does. Like you look at you look at the X Men and the Civil War, right? You know, yeah. like, and you think about the nineteen seventies and the feminist movement. You look at the nineteen eighties and sort of this like weird ebb and flow of like. Conservatism versus like you know freedom of, of the, the corporate press. stuff. And yeah, that. like it's it's all there, and I mean even like you you look at the death of Captain uh, America at the end of Civil War. Yeah, and it really tied like into the life that we were living.
1: Right, because why wouldn't it? You know, I mean the thing is is, and for the longest time nobody cared. Right, I mean it was it was being done in a bubble, and part of the problem, of course, is that to some small extent, is that the attention of the world is now on comic books. The attention of of the world is now on stand-up comedy. The attention of the world is actually turning on like romance novels. And romance novels are another example of something that you're like, what's happening? Uh, Because (laughs) they they also can totally be about anything. And they're usually written by women, for women about women. And the issues that they're dealing with, whether they're historical romance novels or sci-fi romance novels or paranormal ro- I mean literally they can be anything. You- there's
0: there's a whole section, a subgenre of Amish Yes, romance
1: novels which is amazing yes it's just like are you into werewolves turns out so is someone else and they wrote a book and so but it's like there's some amazing like there's like a steampunk werewolf vampire world by this woman named Gail Carriger, and uh it's like it's called the finishing school or something and it's a young adult and then she has a soulless series whatever but they're just like a bunch of it's like sort of a, a comedy of manners, but it's also dealing with social issues. But what I love about this sort of outsider stuff, right, and I'm sure it's in many other different realms, but I currently am only indulging in five major kinds of uh, pop culture. I can't do all can't do, of it. can't do six. You only can do five. No, I can't. It's, I'm sure – the X Games I mean, it are is very exhausting. interesting. It is very exhausting. It's genuinely it's <laughs> like I I'm watching Cloak and Dagger. I can't find anyone else who will talk to me about it. But I'm like, please watch Cloak and Dagger because it is awesome, and it's a slow burn. But they are building, and those two kids that are playing, those two kids are great. And I I didn't read enough Cloak and Dagger. I've gone back and read read some, but. Cloak & Dagger's great. It really is. It's super powerful, and it's f- getting funnier and lighter as because the, as the, the first season, right? And uh, by the end of the – I have two more episodes than the first season. I don't binge well because I, uh, I weed off and I want to watch. So uh, I can only watch like two episodes a night, and then two days I'll go back or I'll go on the road and
0: whatever. Well, that's it's better for story. like digesting. I don't know. I like – Binge. I'll sit there binge and like binge. watch everything, and then I go. I watched everything. <laughs> Should I go back re-watch? and rewatch? Yes, I do okay. rewatch a lot of things. Rewatch
1: is kind of nice though, because then there's not that tension of I wonder if
0: everyone's going to live. So let's. Let's talk a little bit about comedy cuz okay. I mean like you're here to sort of oh, right, like right. throw to some things that you do working right, on. Right.
1: Everyone should I'm a I'm a delight. Everyone should come and see my stand-up comedy. I don't know when this will air, but I'm doing a fancy show out in the Hamptons. Ooh. Where I uh every time I play the Hamptons, I always think I always think it's going to be funny to tell them that I'm staying at a Hampton Inn. <laughs> but they never <laughs> they know pl- what a Hampton Inn is. Yeah,
0: I don't the yeah, I don't see that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it never works. And this is the third show I'm doing out there, and I'm thinking, don't do it. Don't do it. And then I go out there, and I'm like, maybe maybe these people know what I have to do. They will not. Anyway, I, I come to New York probably once a year for a week or two, and I do sets around town in the effort to remind the people of New York that I exist. And also to come to New York, because it's New York's cool.
0: Is – L.A. So is when you do stand up versus L.A. versus New York, is that well, how are the crowd's different? Like, are your jokes different?
1: It's interesting there, uh New York has a lot more tourist uh, places to do stand up. The car- crowds are sort of tourist heavy and I do the road so much. It doesn't really matter because it just means that the crowd is full of people that I usually perform to. In Los Angeles, there's not a lot of tourist gigs. So um, but the, it's a whole weird new world of, of stand up comedy because of way that people are fans now they have a perspective on stand-up comedy that is weird like they've watched Mrs. Maisel or something and they've they've seen crashing and they're like oh I get it and I was like (laughs) do you I don't uh good for you and I'm just gonna tell some jokes over here I hope did you want to buy some merch but I I stand-up comedy is uh I love it like the power of the sun. I've been doing it since the '80s, and um, I get to go on the road and do stand-up comedy. I go wherever they'll let me. I just did a set in Vietnam. Wow. Yeah, I went to Vietnam, Cambodia, and uh, Thailand, and I did a set in Hanoi, and it was a trip. It was um, it was across the street from the lake where John McCain crashed his last airplane. Did you know he crashed five airplanes? Anyway, uh, so, but then I I get to do shows, like, it's cool to do international shows, but um, sometimes they're like that where it's just a destination. Like, I did Hong Kong one a couple of years ago, but I also do, like, armed force tour things. Like, I'm going to Europe to do three weeks, though um, the Booker's definition of Europe and my definition of Europe uh... (laughs) different it turns out <laughs> we're going to turkey and i was like where what part of europe is turkey oh just that one part oh are we going there no we're going over the okay and then we're going to like romania and bulgaria and poland and which is more interesting you know it's not that switzerland isn't lovely i'm sure it's very very lovely but i mean will i get to be dracula in switzerland probably not but maybe in poland Actually, I think it's Transylvania in,
0: or but, in Romania, uh, actually, side note i 've been wanting to travel to Romania because it's supposed to be really beautiful, right, like these beautiful like mountains with these like castles, and like it's like interesting food because most people are like when they think Europe, they think France, Italy, yeah, Spain,
1: exactly, and I want to go to France, Italy, and Spain, but uh, I'm also willing to go well quite honestly anywhere but it and the to, performing for the troops. It feels really good because they are bored. I'm not going to lie to you. You don't even have to be funny. You just have to be someone else. <laughs> they're like, "Thank God you're here." I've been talking to this guy. Anything that isn't about his wife is amazing for 14 months. And so you just you tell the stories you tell, and uh, so it should be fun. But I bet you, I think they're NATO um, bases instead of U.S. troop bases. So. Wherever they'll let me go. Yeah. Oh,
0: that sounds ama- like a travel life. That sounds amazing. When do you do your podcast?
1: I know. Uh, I, uh, what I try to do is I try to do two months out. And when I say two months, I mean sort of uh, three weekends a month, like Wednesday to Saturday kind of thing. And then one a week and a half home and then a month home because uh, I'm married and I would like yeah, to get to the yeah. long box. Yeah. And I'd love to continue <laughs> to be married because uh, he is a delight. <laughs> he is. He's a wonderful, he's a good guy. He's a game designer and um, he is uh, hilarious. Um, what was my favorite thing that happened recently? Oh, I walked into the house and um, all over the, and every flat surface he, he had uh, his magic cards were out magic, the gathering cards. And okay. uh, he was like, why don't you leave? And I said, what's happening? He said, I'm going to put these away. We're never going to speak about it. And he was like, well, because he, he, it's not that I don't – I play magic cards. It's not that I don't support his going through magic cards for three hours. It's He knows that every surface in the house covered with something is not my ideal, right? We have a small living space. So he's like, why don't I clean this up? You go fill the gas tank or take a lap and uh, and then come home and this will be all cleaned up.
0: So." When you go to find, like, a guest on the podcast, is it just, like, fellow stand-up comedians that you know in the circuit? Or, like, how do you decide who you want? Often.
1: I've been doing the dork forest for 13 years. So it's – at this point, people are asking me, which is very flattering. And there's – A couple of things. One is that I found that the squeakiest wheels in the whole wide world are straight white guys. And so it has been very easy for me to book hundreds and hundreds of straight white men. (laughs) And uh, it turns out if you don't want to book straight white men, first of all, you have to tell people, hey, be a squeaky wheel. Uh, So I've – like in the last year, I've done more women, more people of color. and uh, But it takes some small effort on my part. And so I've done that. I do have a lot of comics though. But there there are so many comics of – all the kinds of humans uh, that it's been easy enough for that, and um, but I have a policy that anyone can be on the Dork Forest as long as scheduling permits, and my schedule, as you can imagine, is a nightmare. So uh, if there's time, if there's two hours, hour and a half, where you could come to me and we can sit in a room together and you could tell me about your love of napkins, uh, please do, <laughs> and. I've had people tell me about pencils uh, for a long time. They really like uh, pens and pencils. Really?
0: And, yeah, yeah. Those trapper keepers. And uh, <laughs> there's people who love stationery and things like okay, that. Okay, I get like a generic overarching umbrella of stationery. Yeah. Uh, but I just don't see pencils or pens. Oh, I'm very sad. This guy who was going to do a pencil
1: episode passed away. He was like one of the uh, the door guys at the, the club in Tucson, Arizona. And his name was Hoodie. And uh, he had a heart attack and he died. But for years we were going to talk about his pencil collection. He genuinely loved pencils. Let me tell you, just as a shout out to Hoodie. Ticonderoga. That's the name of the pencil he liked. He loves a pencil. <laughs> I have several pencils he gave me, and every time I use them, I think of him. So he's a really good guy.
0: I mean, I think it just proves that you can dork about anything. Yes. I mean, the the bathroom episode. I specifically chose that this <laughs> morning because I was like, okay, I want to. I'm going to listen to something on my way to work. Bathrooms, and then yeah. you guys went on and on about the airport bathrooms, yep. and I was like, as I'm getting on a plane tomorrow, I'm like, yes, I agree. Yes,
1: and it's it's always. It's always like that, where you're like, I have no interest in this. And then by the end of it, you're like, what? And it's fascinating. My favorite, some of my favorite episodes are the music episodes, because I don't know enough about music to be a person to <laughs> talk about, like, my, who is it, Dwayne? His name was Dwayne, and he's a comic, and he's very funny. But his dorkdom was Jay-Z. And I said, now, tell me who Jay-Z is. And he said, of all the things I thought you were going to start out with, who is Jay-Z was not the one. Did he give you, like, the best description of who Jay-Z is? Well, I said, I know he's a rapper. And he said, oh, so we can start early days. And then we did. But the exact same thing happens when you talk to me when it was Joni Mitchell. I was like, is Joni Mitchell still alive? (laughs) And so this woman said... Yes. Let us back up and talk about Jody Mitchell <laughs> because I have a Jay-Z album. I have a Jody Mitchell album, but I only have one album of everyone, right? I have a White Stripes album. I have a Flaming Lips album. I have a Common album, a Lupe Fiasco album. I have one album of almost everybody. I enjoy those albums, but music is not my life. I do not go down a rabbit hole with music. Comic books, video games, science fiction – uh, novels that are quickly written. Uh, I love... Quickly written? You know the Jack Reacher novels? Oh, like it was like out like every, like, yeah, every yeah. six months? Yeah. Essentially, the <laughs> child, that guy, prolific. Uh, he will write a book and then he'll go, oh, how about this one? Here's another one. And I'm like, you're correct. I will read it also.
0: Well, yeah, because you travel so much, so you need things. I need content. I need content. Well... I, I want to. this was super fun just talking about starting off Marvel Puzzle Quest yeah that's a high note <laughs> we did it um, make sure you guys go check out the Dork Podcast
1: yeah the Dork Forest and uh, com. you can also find it at FamilyPetAncestry.com which I bought because it made me laugh do you want to know if your you cat you say that
0: in the opening every time and I was like I thought you were joking
1: <laughs> oh no I bought that URL because it makes me laugh I used to do this joke about how do you want to know if your cat came over on the Mayflower or if your dog's eligible to join the DAR the Dogs of the American Revolution <laughs> And weirdly enough, I did that joke like four or five years ago. There are now pet DNA sites. Yes, there are. So I bought familypetancestry.com as a joke. One day, someone will give me $11 for that URL.
0: Maybe 11 with some additional zeros. You
1: don't know. We don't know. It could happen. It turns out it is for sale. Uh-
0: it's like you knew. It's like you future knew knew you. I am slightly
1: Nostradamus or Nostradamus, <laughs> but uh
0: Yes. Plus, your comedy album is on iTunes, right? Yeah,
1: all of my albums are on iTunes and Amazon and all the places where you can listen. You can go to JackieCation.com and buy the hard copies if you like. My last special, this will make an excellent Horcrux, which is called that because my soul is in it.
0: Uh, <laughs>
1: the uh, is available for streaming on ComedyFilmNerds.com, and, um, or you can buy the DVD on JackieCation.com. And then I have another podcast just about stand-up called Jackie and Lori over on uh, Max Fun.
0: And uh, where can people find you on Twitter and the Insta? Oh yeah, and all that? it's just
1: at Jackie Kation and Kation is K A S H I A N. Look at that! Thank you for having me. This is awesome.
0: Thanks again to Jackie for joining us on the podcast. Um, Make sure you guys go check out The Dork Forest, available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, My episode went a couple months ago, so go look for Judy Stevens and cosplay, as clearly I like cosplay a lot. And then uh, it's Labor Day weekend. Uh, We had some very shiny, shiny announcements about D23 last weekend. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. You are thrilled. I think you're just exhausted from constant traveling. Yeah, uh, I'm exhausted about constant travel, but I'm excited about the shows, you know? Like, I think Hero Project is going to be awesome. I was very moved. These kids are very inspiring. It's really all about... The message of what Marvel stands for and finding these real-life kids who are actually doing everything that we stand for already. And it's been pretty inspiring to be a part of that process. So make sure you guys check it out on Disney+. Plus. It's coming out in November. Marvel Hero Project. I'm in it, but I'm not necessarily in it, if you know what I mean. It's not really about me. It's about the kids. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, New York Comic Con is in, like, four weeks Woman of Marvel is returning for its, I believe, ninth year at the convention. Plus, the panel will be coming back to Sunday. So stay tuned for more info, including times and guests and some exciting things that we have to share during our panel. So I think that's it for this week. Hopefully everyone uh, celebrates and has a good time, uh, if they do, for Labor Day weekend. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. This is Marvel, your universe.